Hitta, we just listened to a very interesting interview of Lawrence Tribe, interviewed by Katie Couric. And let's see. Midas mm. Touch Network, stop the delay. Diapered on terrified what Supreme Court will soon do to him 53 minutes ago. Hello, I'm Patrick Hello. Stewart. I'm Patrick Stewart. Did you Stewart. know that right now, Did Michael Bobak, Legal right AF now? After Dark, you know what that means? We just had an episode of the midweek edition of Legal AF, Karen Ooh. Friedman, on one side. Me, Michael Popak on the other, and we debated presidential immunity. What else? Whether Donald Trump is going to get presidential immunity for the crimes that he's been indicted for man. in the District of Columbia or in other places. What will the D.C. Court of Appeals do after oral argument on the 8th of January? And what is the Supreme Court of the United States going to yeah, do about apply. the problem named Donald Trump and presidential immunity? Take a listen to our most recent debate. So let's get over to things that matter in addition to that, which is federal courts. The appeal, uh, uh, the immunity issue, the based on the briefing that you've read, the kind of the handicap, the likelihood we think Trump's going to prevail on that at the D.C. Court of Appeals level. And then, you know, the loser of that ruling is going to take a fast track up to the U.S. Supreme Court. The U.S. Supreme Court is is ready, willing and able, I think, to make a relatively quick decision. Yeah. Um, let me give the timeline and yeah. I'll turn it over to you for yeah. what you picked up from reading the briefing and panel that's in place already uh, for the D.C. Court of Appeals and your, your belief on that. So just to bring everybody up to speed and get us all on the same page, Judge Chutkin, which seems like a lifetime ago, but was just several weeks ago, ruled against Donald Trump and denied his motion to dismiss on the grounds of absolute presidential immunity. His argument in a nutshell is twofold. One, because I was president at the time, nothing in the indictment can I be charged with as a crime. I can't be criminally indicted for anything that happened while I happened to be the occupant of the White House. I mean, I'm not I'm not simplifying it. That's the argument uh, based on, I think, a distortion of the precedent that he is precedent that he's citing. And then his second follow on argument related is I was already tried in Congress an impeachment process in the House, and I wasn't convicted in the Senate. You can't try me again. It's double jeopardy, um, meaning you can't be tried twice for the same crime. And so that is the issue as framed. Uh, Jack Smith, um, after the appeal was taken to the D.C. Court of Appeals by Donald Trump and kind of sat around for a day or two, Jack Smith tried to expedite it, filed two pieces of paper, U.S. Supreme Court and with the D.C. Court of Appeals. Asked both of them, both take, you know, of course, take the appeal for the D.C. Court of Appeals. 
urge the Supreme Court to, to leapfrog over the D.C. Court of Appeals and take the case directly on appeal, which is quite unusual, but the circumstances here are quite unusual, and ask both of them to consider doing whatever they're going to do on a high-velocity track really, really quickly. Um, I, we can talk about, when, after you're done, your analysis, why I think Jack did that. And I think we've gone over it in detail. I think he was pressuring the D.C. Court of Appeals to do something quickly and calling Donald Trump's bluff about, yeah, you want your court of, you want your Supreme Court? You think you got all the votes? I'm going to take you right there right now because I want to keep the March trial date as that red letter radioactive date on the calendar. I want to keep it. So a lot, a lot of things we're going to talk about today, Karen, is about Jack Smith doing things to keep that sacrosanct to keep it in place things that he has to do in order to do that so court of uh, supreme court ruled re relatively quickly after some briefing nah we're going to wait for the normal appeal to come up from the dc court of appeals but that's the way we like it we like the solicitor general to be involved and we don't want a special counsel it's a little bit sticky Let, let's just wait and the in response the dc court of appeals said we're doing this fast fast briefing through christmas briefs are in we're going to set an oral argument for January the 8th, and then, um, and then they'll rule within 72 hours of that, I believe. I want to get your view on that. And the loser, probably Trump, is going to take an appeal to the Supreme Court. Jack Smith will ask the Supreme Court to move quickly. The Supreme Court can move as quickly or as slowly as they like. They've made the decision in Bush versus Gore in 72 hours, full briefing, oral argument, and decision. If the president then... Or they could do it on a normal track for six or eight months. So somewhere between 72 hours and six and eight months, the Supreme Court is going to make a decision about whether Donald Trump's indictment should be dismissed for immunity grounds. That's my sort of big picture. Turn it over to you for some deep digging and analysis into those various events. It's Look, the Supreme Court said they don't want to allow Jack Smith to jump over the D.C. Circuit and uh, and get a ruling from them quickly, even though they want to go to uh, he wants to the, to keep the trial date in March, as, as you said, because any delay here risks this trial never going. Right. Any this is this is as, as I think it was Maggie Haberman who said uh, who said on on CNN, you know, Trump's this is they're playing a game of inches. Right. Any any adjournment he can get and get closer an inch closer to the election makes it more complicated to try him. He can't be on trial on Election Day, for example. Right. That that would just be um, really complicated. Right. He could be elected president potentially god forbid and what then and then incarcerated i mean the the american people have to know the result of this election uh before they go to the ballot box in november or there's just no way the department of justice will risk being on trial with him during an election there there's all these um department of justice um uh, regulations or, or just internal internal rules about affecting affecting an, uh, uh, an election. I mean, don't forget that's what got Jim Comey in trouble, right? Because he came out and talked and said that he was he was there was a Department of Justice investigation into Hillary Clinton right before the election, and there are some who will say that could have cost her the election. So there there really is this this rule or this um, policy, I guess it's a better way of putting it, about getting about interfering with or getting too close to the election. And and so every week that goes by, 
it, you get close to, for example, the Judge Mershon trial that's supposed to start the Alvin Bragg, uh, Stormy Daniels election interference case is supposed to start March 24th. So let's say there's a three-week adjournment, and then that case starts, and then that case goes on for a couple of weeks or months. And then what, right? Then you bump into, uh, you bump into the Mar-a-Lago documents case. So they're really playing a game of inches to try and get this delayed. And so the fact that uh, that the Supreme Court did not fast track this and take it, that the victory that, that people are saying for Trump isn't that somehow substantively they ruled that this shouldn't go fast or that there is no presidential immunity, et cetera. It's the victory, if there is, is one, is that he's got them to delay and it's more of a chance that he can delay the March trial. So what will be very interesting, I think, will be when the D.C. Circuit, who I agree is going to go very, very quickly and um, absolutely, I would say, shut this down and say there is no presidential immunity because that is just a loser of an argument. I mean, 100% on the merits, I think there's no chance they will find that there's absolute presidential immunity, even for official acts, by the way, which is what Trump is arguing. Trump's entire argument is that uh, that he should have presidential immunity, criminal immunity for official acts. Um, and he's he's talking about the official acts because that bumps into and is similar to the civil immunity. And there's this outer perimeter. And if he's if he's doing job a job that is within his official acts, even, even not the core official acts, but towards the outer perimeter of what his official acts are, as long as it's within the outer perimeter, then he is immune from civil suit. And similar with removal, right? The removal law that taught that, um, that various individuals have tried to get the Fonnie Willis case removed from state court into federal court. It all has to do with, were you acting under the color of your job to get removed? And then if so, you know, can you get prosecuted? So, so that's why he is saying, keep saying it's, he was acting, he was doing his official acts. But I still think that ultimately the courts are going to hold, even the Supreme Court is going to hold, that there is no immunity from criminal prosecution, period, full stop. Because what, then he could, he could, let's say he is doing his official acts, right? Let's say he is, he is talking to foreign governments and let's say he allows himself to get bribed by a foreign government. What is he going to say? No, I was talking to them as an official act, so you can't prosecute me. And you absolutely can. His second argument, though, is if you do want to prosecute me, you have to, the only way you can do it is by going uh, to the, so, um, by impeaching him in the House and then convicting him in the Senate because there's this impeachment judgment clause uh, in the 14th Amendment that specifically talks about um, about how that would work. And, um, and so, you know, the, the ultimate, the ultimate issue is that whether or not uh, we can get to the Supreme Court and then what will the Supreme Court do? And what I think is very, even more interesting is, you know, Donald Trump's argument about to Jack Smith saying this shouldn't go fast. Remember, cause don't forget Jack Smith went to the Supreme Court and said, move fast, move fast, move fast. And then Trump was like, oh no, slow down. This requires you to take time and to, and to 
ruminate and and cogitate and think about these really important issues. And we shouldn't rush this. This shouldn't be rush, 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 because he wants delay. But I think it'll be really ironic because if the D.C., circuit says no presidential immunity in in a matter of weeks i think they're going to rule within days of oral arguments which i which i think is what january 9th is that or oral arguments sometime in early january and they're gonna they're gonna rule in a matter of it's the eighth yeah they're gonna they're gonna rule in a matter of minutes days right and and then let's say they lift the stay right now there's a stay saying they cannot that that judge chutkin cannot proceed and cannot even do things like motion practice and cannot do things like making pretrial decisions that the, the trial is paused all of it even the pretrial stuff and well they can do the motion practice they just jack can file they just Trump can, doesn't have to respond correct correct yeah. but, but and 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 exactly so is what Jack is doing. He is yeah. filing his motion practice, but but it's it's still and Trump's objecting to it, saying I shouldn't even be bothered with this. It's stayed, but Jack's doing it anyway. Anyhow, the um, uh, what was I going to say about that? I now totally lost my Sorry, train of thought. I didn't mean, I didn't mean no, 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 no. It, it's not at all this this. But the <laughs> point, my point. Oh, what I was going to say was, if the D.C. Circuit rules against. Trump and says, you're not immune from criminal prosecution. That's preposterous. Of course, you can still be held accountable criminally. Then they lift the stay. Guess who's going to run to the Supreme Court and beg them to go fast? Because he's not going to want to go to trial March 4th. And that's where he's going to say, no, you got to do this, right? He's going to he's going to demand a speedy. He's going to say, you, you've got to take this fast and you've got to stop it. So so that's what I think is going to happen. I think he's going to he, he shot himself slightly in the foot by saying to go slow, because I think he's going to then beg them to rush. That That's my thought on that. Yeah, I, I, I like the way you've outlined all that. Um, just, you know, we'll get to it when we get get there later. But Jack Smith is certainly taking advantage of the fact that while the case is stayed, clerk's office, where you do your filing electronically, remains open. The case's docket is alive and he can file whatever he wants. Can That's what he's doing because it, it, it gives him a great advantage. He doesn't want to and will not respond to Donald Trump's uh, mean tweets, as people like to call those things, you know, uh, sending the special prosecutor to hell to rot, all those other lovely Christmas um, statements. He won't respond there. He's not going to post something on the Department of Justice website or the special counsel website, a, a letter, an open letter to Donald Trump. He's not going to hold a press conference unless he has to. Uh, and he's not going to do social media. So what, what does he have? He's got one outlet, which is consistent with everything that he said about how he's going to handle this case and everything that's consistent with how Judge Chutkin says she's going to handle this case, which is he's going to do his litigating inside of a courtroom. And not outside of a courtroom, not on the courtroom steps, not, a, not in the hallway of a courtroom, inside of a courtroom, big wood paneled room that's going to be eventually filled with jurors and a judge. That's where he, so he figured out early on, while the case has stayed, he's going to do everything he has to do, chopping wood and stacking it from now until the trial date, keep the case on, on schedule. And we would want nothing, we would expect nothing less. He would never give up the opportunity to respond to Donald Trump's mean tweets with actually meaner and more effective legal filings because that's what he's doing now. It's like you, you don't have to respond. You're right. The case has stayed. The docket is open and I'm going to continue to file what I need to file motions to stop you from making certain arguments in court when the trial resumes. 
documents related to witnesses that I believe I'm going to be putting on, uh, requests for uh, decision-making at the appropriate time, not now, from the judge. And I want the, and then it becomes a one-sided conversation because Trump has already said, I'm not even going to look at that docket. I, I, the case has stayed. And true, you don't have to respond to it. The clock is not running under the uh, rules of criminal procedure for when you have to respond to motions. Judge hasn't set a briefing schedule because the case is stayed, but it doesn't mean that on the public docket for everyone to read, including on hot takes only here on the Legal AF Network, Matt Midas Dutch Network, um, it doesn't mean he's going to stop doing that. And, and it would be weird if he did. Because if this pin is pulled on the stay, in other words, the case is, is immediately reactivated because of the ruling by the D.C. Court of Appeals and or the Supreme Court refusing to grant an additional stay, Smith's got to be ready. And then all of these motions that he's piled up, two, three, four, five motions, clock's going to start ticking and a briefing schedule is going to have to be set. And it will be fast. Uh, you know, the judge will be like, all right, you know, the case is restarted now. We're in the beginning of February in March. You know, you have one week to brief everything, Mr. Trump, and we're going to have oral argument in the middle of February. That's it. And then you know, all these issues, which some, some of these do get decided in trials very close to the date of the trial, because they're, they don't go to any, I want to make this clear, No, nothing in the motion practice by Donald Trump, nothing, including the motion he made to dismiss for lack of, immu- for uh, a, a, the application of, of presidential immunity. None of it goes to the you know, several railroad cars filled with data and discovery that he was given. These are all fundamental constitutional precepts having nothing to do with how many boxes Donald Trump has to look through in order to prepare for his case. And if they're and, and if they're making the mistake, let me let me warn you know, people get upset. They're like, don't tell him anything, Popak. Believe me, they're not watching the show. If if Donald Trump's lawyers are just sitting around Quiddling their thumbs and literally taking the stay at its word, and they're not doing any work to prepare for that trial. Then, then if and they think that the uh, uh, the trial judge is going to let them off the hook for not being prepared, the trial is is re reset or reestablished for that original date. Good luck. You better be looking in the boxes. You better be preparing your witnesses. This case is going to trial in March, maybe the end of March, but going to trial in March, you know, April, because the timeline here will move very very quickly. I believe. Could be wrong. Sounds like you believe it too. Certainly within 72 hours, that D.C. Court of Appeals is going to make their ruling, and I think it's going to be against Donald Trump. Because look at the precedent it would set if they said something else. Sure, you're you're indicted for doing a whole bunch of terrible things against democracy and committing crimes and trying to interfere with, according to the new filing that was just received by the D.C. Court of Appeals, an abacus brief, a friend of the court brief, by uh, five different Republican administrations and their senior officials have filed a brief. My partner, Nick Rostow, is one of those people who signed that brief. And their argument is, there are many things that maybe you could find immunity for, but a former president, or in this case, a one-term president, trying to interfere with Article Two of the Constitution about the only presidency this constitutional republic has ever known, one-term Transition of power, all embedded within Article uh, the, the, the Second Amendment. Sorry, uh, yeah, the Second Amendment. Um, uh, yes, of the Constitution. That's it. 
that has to be a crime. That has to be something that would be indictable because think of what would happen in the world if we gave license to the next Trump or Trump not to leave office. How about this? How about the Constitution says two terms only for a president? Well, Trump doesn't want to leave after two terms, let's say. He wants to stay. He wants to put himself up for election again. He doesn't care what the Constitution says. Is that okay? Or is that a crime? So we got to get straight in this country through the Supreme Court, ultimately, what's a crime when it comes to a person trying to cling to power? Can't say that clinging to power is just another way to try to enforce our election laws. Salty, can we put up the um, social media post by Donald Trump? He's trying to make his argument to the public. I wasn't campaigning, which is a Hatch Act violation and outside uh, what he was supposed to be doing as president. The election was over. I was just doing my job as president to investigate a rigged and stolen election, right? Proof is voluminous and irrefutable. We know that's a lie. Therefore, I'm entitled to immunity. I did nothing wrong. Stop the witch hunt now. Trump 2024. I added the Trump 2024. Uh, That, I made it clear in a hot take today. That barely works in the crazy outside world of fundraising and trying to run interference to get yourself elected. I'll tell you where it doesn't work. In a court of law where you have to bring forth evidence that's tied to a defense that defeats the, the charges against you in front of a jury and a judge. You can't say, well, I don't really have much to say, but I do have this social media posting that I did. And isn't it a doozy? I'm going to hand it out. I made copies for all the jury. Here we that doesn't. I don't know what. What world he's, he resides in, but it's not planet Earth. And it's not our justice system. So the sooner the Supreme Court gets the case, which let's say, if I do the math properly, by the 12th of January, there'll be, a, there'll be an appeal, emergency application by the 13th or 14th. Hopefully the Supreme Court takes this seriously the way they did Bush versus Gore as the precedent. And within a week, they make a decision and keep this case on track for March. If they want to look at the issue at another time and don't stay the case, that's okay too. Go look he can at appeal. It. He can appeal after he's convicted, like every exactly. other defendant, right? And, and that could be. That's a very good point you're hitting. The nail that you're hitting there with that hammer of yours, Aaron, is that they could just by procedural, they could just say it's very, very interesting. I think we want a full briefing on this. Maybe sometime in the summer we'll get around for an oral argument. Oh, no, we're not staying anything. Continue. I mean, seriously. Carry, that, carry on. <laughs> yeah, could so do look, that. There, there's, there's two other wrinkles I just want to throw sure. into this, your analysis, which is the Supreme Court is not potentially going to be looking just at this case. They are looking at all the cases that they may or may not be before them, right? So the immunity case, right? Then there's the the Fisher case that has to do with the obstruction of an official proceeding statute. That that's the one where uh, two of two of the charges that Jack Smith charged Trump with, two of the four, is obstruction of an official proceeding. And uh, that's that's the charge that all of the defendants who were convicted uh, of January 6th related charges, the thousand of them, most of them were, were charged with that. And there's one out of, I think, 14 or 15 Washington, D.C. district court judges who 
thinks that it was Judge Carl Nickel who said that that charge is not appropriate for the January 6th conduct. He was overturned by the D.C. Circuit, but that's the Supreme Court's going to look at that as well. And so they might say, look, there's that issue involving this case, too. And then, of course, there's the Colorado 14th Amendment case. There's the Meadows, Georgia removal case. There's the Chutkin gag order case. There's all of these related, if you if you want to even call it that, cases. I mean, the two that I think are mostly applied are the immunity and the, whether the, the statute applies to Trump. Uh, and so I, I think that could potentially complicate things for for um, for the timing, because who knows how the Supreme Court is going to handle that. And then, of course, there's the question of will Judge Thomas, will Clarence Thomas recuse himself? Well, if you like lawyers talking about things where they know what they're talking about, then you've reached the right place. Legal AF only on the Midas Touch Network. If you already know about Legal AF, then we we embrace you. Thanks for being here on your journey while we're on our journey. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm Michael Popak, and that was Legal AF. And if you liked it, we do about four or five different stories at the intersection of law, politics, and justice curated by the leaders of Legal AF. And we present it to you in that kind of podcast format. And then we do hot takes, sort of like this one, about every hour, also on the Midas Touch Network. Free subscribe. Help them get to 2 million. Wow, what a number. Before the end of the first quarter of 2024. That's our goal, but we can't get there without you. So, If you like what we're doing here, give me a thumbs up on this particular hot take. And we'll see you on the next episode of Legal AF, Wednesdays and Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, YouTube, or on audio podcast platforms of your choice. I'm Michael Popak. That was Legal AF, and we'll see you again. Thanks so much for watching. We're only a few subscribers short of 2 million subs. Please subscribe right now to the Midas Touch YouTube channel for free and help us grow this unapologetically pro-democracy network. 